Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Rich, could you tell me about Car and Classic, but in 90s Eurobeat? My problem. If you want to sell your car, get a slice of the action. You can choose a normal ad or an online auction. Doesn't matter what you sell, a Fiat or a Beetle. Every month your ads in front are for a million people. Ooh, car and classic, ooh, it's so fantastic. Ooh, car and classic, ooh, it's so fantastic. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by carandclassic.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. I must, must um, apologise in advance. If you can hear clanking, clacking, and the occasional yelp, there isn't yeah. a kidnap situation going on in my house. What it is is um, I woke the tortoises up from um, hibernation uh, this week, and mm. it's always a delicate time. You have to give them access to food and water and kind of revive them. Well, within an hour of waking up from a two... Imagine having a two-and-a-half-month sleep, Richard, okay? Oh, I'd love that. Well, yeah, wouldn't we all? But then within an hour... You're trying to penetrate your wife, despite being very weak and tired. <laughs> because that's the situation that I've had to deal with this week. Um, Are they weak? I was going to say, because I don't think I would be weak and tired after a two and a half month sleep. But yeah, I probably would be. Because well, you've no access to water. Anything, so We haven't even yes. drunk a pipette of water. The first thing you're well, thinking about is... If I was getting into bed for a two and a half month sleep, I think I would leave a glass of water on the bedside <laughs> table for when I woke up again. I'd, Maybe uh, a Twix or something. Just you yes, because I reckon you would be pretty famished when you woke up. Actually, something like a Twix is a great idea. I'd have to go for some some chunky peanut based uh, confectionery. I think. What really? are those? Yeah, what are those really? Oh, nice? Snickers. I'd, a Snickers is a bit lo-fi. I'd have to go for something like a peanut chocolatey flapjack thing. You know, like the sort of thing oh. that if you went Ooh. if you did a triathlon, you'd want to tuck into that. After. Okay. Or one of those really dense and slightly too intense chocolatey protein bars that they seem to sell in petrol stations oh, a lot yeah. these days. That stick to the roof of your mouth. Yeah. yeah. They're too much. They are too much. They're assuming you've done an hour and a half's worth of exercise. I know, but why do they sell them in petrol stations then? And it's got, oh, actually what you've been doing is sitting down for two hours. So here, it, it's, have a house brick with it's, the density of a black hole, but it's orange chocolate flavoured. It's a terrible idea because nobody's just exercised really when they come into no. a services. <laughs> I just ran. I ran all the way to Hilton Park Services and I'm absolutely desperate for some protein, but in chocolate orange form for no apparent reason. It's, it's, it, it is a bit me. Anyway. I think it's because people think they're healthy. Yeah. You see protein and they're sort of geared towards... I mean, they're, they're, it's, they kind of have this whiff of fitness about them, but also they don't... Often they have sort of needlessly macho names like 
belt-fed machine gun or something, and you just go, yeah, I think I'll just have a Twix. Yeah, well, it's just another way of marketing nonsense, isn't it? It's just another method. Yeah, it's another method. Just just stick to a toffee crisp or something. Just another day in paradise. Um, Talking of which, do you know that you know that song I sent you? The uh, where I tried to get you to um, envisage the automotive and otherwise scenario behind it oh yeah i wonder whether we could open that up to the listeners <laughs> i thought I could, I, could, I could thought we could open that one up to the listeners you know and uh i, I and I, as i've said it i've actually forgotten what the scenario that i envisaged was but um the song for people is and this is one that you must listen to we can't play it because of licensing laws etc 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 but um it's it's by a band called Double or double and the song is Captain of the Heart, or Captain of Her Heart. And it, well, People it, would know this song. Would I they? don't I know. It was a massive one-hit wonder by a Swiss band, was it? They were Swiss. Were they Swiss? They were Swiss. One dude, oh, so it would be Duble then. I think it would be Duble. One of the dudes was on a an oboe or a clarinet. <laughs> <and the> other... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. And then, uh... <laughs> because oboe is a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> well, you watch the music video. This is proper, like, 80s, high-flying, swooning kind of music. But anyway, I sent it to Richard and with the thing of, like, what what is this the background soundtrack to in a scenario? And I put... And listeners, you must listen to this song and then maybe come back to the podcast, I don't know. But I've put, this song is playing, you're out... Driving, you're driving out of a leafy part of Surrey down to the New Forest at 11 p.m. to meet your recently reconciled wife. There's a huge bouquet of flowers on the passenger seat. The car in question is a Mercedes 500 SEL W126 with those cross lace alloys that I've forgotten the name of. And you're, I didn't know what you meant by cross lace alloys. Well, which... they're like fake spokes, like those BBS. They probably are the BBS ones. But what what used to happen on the one two six S class is that people used to underwheel them, so that they yes they're very small aren't they? They're AMG wheels I think on there because they usually came with the body kit and sometimes body coloured as well. Oh yeah, they did. That's right, body coloured centres. Yeah, Um, and I've just done that. I think that's what jogged me. I've just recently recorded a car cave um, for the late break show, which probably hasn't gone out yet by the time you listen to this. But the guy had like a fleet. Of these, and they're all oh. wealthy Arab spec with just loads of accessories on them. They're amazing. So you're driving Did one of these. Did any of them have a boomerang aerial on the bootlid for a, an onboard TV? He he had three spare centre consoles with proper TVs and VHSs in, and <laughs> and, an, yeah, and all like four feet deep because it's a CRT telly. <laughs> oh, it's incredible! Honestly, the old the period infotainment just had me for hours just gazing at Ooh. it. Were there graphic equalisers? Oh, yeah. Th- one of them had a three-tier dash <laughs> setup. <laughs> it was just amazing. You know, it looked like driving around with Abbey Road Studios in the dashboard. It looked like oh, I think I need a tiny bit more treble in this frequency range. Do you know what it was like? It was like we're sitting in a car and someone goes, "Okay, we're about to record Live Aid. Um, do they know it's Christmas? <laughs> Sorry, can you just stick these earphones on? Uh, three, two, one, and go." Go what? Don't even know how to turn it on. It was so baffling. 
<laughs> also, do you remember with those graphic equalizers, particularly the more complicated they were? Do you tit around with them for ages, pretending you could hear the difference, and then probably what you'd realise is that everything usually sounded best if you just put it all in the middle. Because oh. that's the way that the recording artist and the producer wanted you to hear it. Oh, completely. Where are we going with that? I don't know. We, I, well, I'm, I think I should probably go back to Duble, Captain of Her Heart. So, oh, yeah. So, so cross-lace alloys on your 500 SEL. Driving at night from Surrey down to the New Forest to meet mm-hmm. my recently um, reconciled wife. Huge bouquet of flowers on the seat. 500 mm. SEL with the cross laces that look a little bit too small, but it's an exact car, mm. remember. And the year is 1988, mm. just so you know. Okay. Uh, I am smoking. I'm smoking a camel cigarette, I think. Um, of course. But there are other Camel brands. would be a bit exotic in 1988, would it? I don't know. I think it would because I travel a lot for work. So oh, I've experienced Someone introduced foreign... you to them in France. That's right. Someone offered me one, and mm. I thought, well, I go over to France on Buzznus every, f- every three three. <laughs> you have Untrusts over there. I have Buzznus Untrusts over there. So I'm, I'm going to go over there, say, every three to four weeks. I'll pick up a cheeky carton on the way through. Uh, yeah. And, um, and of course, because also it's 1988, and I'm, I've got a reasonable amount of money because of the car, um, mm. I'm wearing a very thin but um, but loose leather jacket, akin oh. to television stiff Nadell. Um, and so, I, <laughs> so it's practically translucent. It's practically yes. You could almost so you can see the veins through it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a veiny, a veiny leather jacket. <laughs> that just sounds no. wrong. That's like <laughs> me describing <laughs> DJ Khaled. <laughs> but so it's nineteen eighty eight. So I'm going to say that the leather jacket is uh will cinch in at the at the at the waist <laughs> would that be right it's elasticated aggressively elasticated <laughs> at the bottom it's double so, elasticated there's a double dip but then you've got surely you've got some very baggy chinos very well baggy. it's really funny that you should say that because i thought about the trouser and mm. i thought to myself actually Yes, it would be those double or even triple pleated fronted um, trousers, the sort of thing. I'm going early Piers Brosnan, James Bond style trousers. (laughs) 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 Did Brosnan have very loose trousers in Golden Eye? I know how loose they were. Yeah, every time there was a running scene, he had a little pinky figure through one of the from one of the belt loops. <laughs> Just in case, in case he ran out of them. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. James, we meet at last. Uh, by the way, I can see your ass. Oh, no, I forgot to bring a belt. Yes, yeah, so they're 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 fitted on the waist. But they're very, yeah. they're pillowy from the kind of thigh down. It just reminded me, I once went to a thing. Well, I think it was a concert. I went to a concert, a gig at Wembley Arena. And it was the Charlatans and James. So Brilliant. I mean, that's a belting lineup in itself. But Isn't then, it? Because uh, someone I know, someone we know actually, uh, works with the Charlatans. We got to go backstage and we got to go to the little after party in the bar backstage and it was in a big, you know, big bar area at Wembley Arena. And partway through, the um, the singer from James, Tim. Tim. I love I James. 
Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they, they uh, are a good band. He walks in. I can't remember what he was wearing on stage, but he'd obviously been and changed. And he walked into the room and he was wearing the baggiest trousers I've ever seen on a man in my life. Oh, were they gap year pantaloon type of affairs? They were pantaloony, but they went. They didn't taper at the bottom. Oh. If anything, they flared out at the bottom and they were so long they were touching the floor. Are they colossal? So, the, the lady colossal? Well, yes, they were kind of. No, if he stood still, you could think he was just wearing a long dress, yeah. Wow. A long skirt. But when he moved, it almost looked like he was sort of. I wish he was wearing. He'd been wearing those heelys because he could have. He could have done a nice glide across the room, and it would have looked really cool. But it looked like he was sort of on two big baggy hovercraft. It was an extraordinary <laughs> thing. And then I realised as I sort of, I was mesmerised. I was like, "Fuck me!" There's Tim Booth in baggy trousers. He, I realised he was barefoot. Oh, in a bar, which yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I know it's a private party, but it's still got. a slightly sticky floor so but also you're going to need the lav at some point and barefoot into a gent's toilet is the ultimate mm. no-no i mean seriously yeah. you just wouldn't yeah no well never. i well oh I, i've never yeah. seen james live and i'd very much like to uh hang on is, is his clothing choices predate harry styles dressing in that oh yeah distinctive that's it. harry styles set. likes a hovercraft trouser he does he? like a, and, and a sort of snooker players um vest top yeah, I'm going to Yeah, say. but then sometimes he wears like a, a kind of translucent cardigan, like something he's nicked from his grandma. He does. You know, like a sort of lacy or, or <clears> like kind of weird gossamer. Or like he, he's nicked it from a very elegant lady in the 70s. He certainly has. Like That's a sort of saucy, a saucy older lady of the 70s, and, and he's just raided her wardrobe. Amanda Redmond's early, uh, early uh, dressing cupboard. Uh, it's not what you call it, dressing yeah. cupboard? Well, dressing room. <laughs> dressing room. <laughs> uh, we've, yeah. we've gone off the subject. So, yeah, Piers Brosnan, triple pleated, pillowy trousers. <laughs> 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 and I'm dry, obviously, it's an auto. So, um, so I'm, and I'm a little bit late, and I don't want to be late because I've just spent the last two years, three years possibly, trying to patch it back together again with um oh, okay. with Janice. So it's a long-term project yeah yeah let um, me ask you something yeah did you go and pick up your 500 scl direct from the factory i did um i oh, because i'm I w- i'm an or- i'm an organized guy in this fictitious mm. world that we're weaving as we speak mm. and mm. Uh, i was i was actually on business in germany around about that mm. month so I had it arranged that I could take a, a day off and I went with a colleague and we went and ah. picked it up from the factory and it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. A mate of mine's dad used to do that. Do you know that's something? something SELs. Did he? Oh, he was, he's yeah. that guy. He's this guy. Well, except that he owned a construction company. Uh, that's okay. We can and, weave and, that in. in Cheshire. He didn't, no, no real reason to, to drive across Surrey. Uh, uh, and also, he's still with his wife of many years. So, But apart from that, yeah, very similar guy. In fact, I could imagine him wearing, in the day, a, a very thin blues on style leather jacket. But, but yeah, he used to go. I think he had two or three SELs, 500s, and then he, when the 560 came out, he got a 560. And he would go to Germany and pick them up from Stuttgart. And he had, when you did Proper that... Properly expensive car, that. Oh, yeah. Properly expensive. Um, but when you did that, you got a, a German temporary plate, which was oval. I don't know if anyone else has seen oval. this. Back in the 80s, Mercedes offered factory collection 
uh, for their cars and i think it was only it was like about the same price as the old sort of you know plates and delivery surcharge that got stuck on cars anyway so you just said no i'd like to go to stuttgart and get my car please and then they sort of arranged it i presume you had to book your own flights i don't think merck paid for that but then you fetched up at the factory and your car was there waiting they did a handover i think you could have a tour of the factory and it was on these oval german plates that would transit you till you got home and then you got your your uk plates from um wherever you get from all good from all good bookshops available yeah they weren't particularly strict about plates back in those days were they (laughs) you could just you could practically just write with marker pen on a bit of cardboard but then my mate's dad in his study downstairs in their house he had his old german transit plates on the wall above his desk oh that's cool with some other sort of car-related stuff. Paraphernalia. So, he's a cool if, guy. It's funny because he's one of... This, this, this is still one of my best friends, but uh, who's not interested in cars at all. And I used to love going around there because his dad was really into cars and we'd just chat cars and my mate would be like, mm, have you finished yet? Do you still, do you still talk to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, that's cool. Um, that's cool. His dad had... When I first became friends with my mate, his dad had a 500 SEL and his mum had a Mark One Golf GTI. Oh my gosh! That that th- th- that's, what a pair. that's this couple f- from Dublay, Captain of Her Heart. They basically are yeah. they are the the features of the song. Wow! Yeah. And then I think did the, he have tassely um, did he have tassely slip ons that he would wear on a I don't know. if he was I trying to dress he might up? A have bit. done. Yeah, I could imagine he might have. It's kind of a driving. Was asking. Yeah, like a driving loafer. Would you call it an eighties driving loafer? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, for a cross cross Europe dash and your new. New SEL. Oh wow, five hundred or five sixty. The Tassley loafer is going to pay dividends in the long run. <laughs> I've never heard of anybody describing a tasselled loafer that paid. Just dividends. trying to say things that have never been said before in history. But yeah, then I think the Mark One Golf went, and um, his mum got a one ninety e. Oh, nice. Which at the time, you know, they were fairly new. Then we once went to Alton Towers in it, and actually, it made me feel a bit car sick. I don't normally get car sick, but I think they had quite a sort of soft ride in the back because of your multi. Didn't go for didn't go for spot line suspension and option. I don't think you could get it at that point. I think it was pretty much you were. It was one ninety e or d. Yeah. Those were your choices. Yeah, and everything was an option. Baby Benz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to say. I mean, I know listeners. It's Baby getting a bit. Benz sounds of, like a some kind of rave. Baby Benz. Some kind of rave artist. <laughs> Baby Benz. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell Baby yeah. Benz. <laughs> baby Benz, I love you. <laughs> baby Benz, I want your Actually, face. They could do like a real sort of a, a needlessly ravey version of Captain of Her Heart. God, that'd be really good, actually. Because it's such a mellow song, but if you if you properly... What about, like, a, li- a, what about a liquid drum and bass version? I mean, that, that could actually... <laughs> that, could, that could work. That could really work. Um, anyway, listen, um, look, I... Look, guys, I was going to talk just briefly um, about that Honda Civic that I've borrowed, because okay. I know it's been out for a while, yes. but... I remember thinking it's quite nice looking, and obviously everyone's getting into big froth about the Type R, and I was like, yes, that's all very well and good, but I wonder what the normal Civic's like, because good Civics are great, and then not-so-good Civics are always a bit disappointing, but... Um, and, and I haven't driven Civic for, Civic for ages. No. And then you said to me, oh, it's a nice car. Mm. So They're all hybrid as standard, aren't they? One. Yes, they are. Yeah. Which, uh, it's one of those cars that sort of makes being economical into a sport... Because you suddenly go, I was driving it 
uh, yesterday. And I was suddenly like, oh, the ecometer is on 49.3 miles per gallon. Ecometer. Like, Would you call that an ecometer? Eco- an ecometer? Econometer. 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 I don't know. Is this even a word? Yeah, it could, no, it's oh, not. I'm know. pretty sure it's not. I think we've just no. made it. Anyway, up. the readout, the miles per gallon readout said it's like sort of 49.3 or something. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I reckon if I, um, if I just, uh, you know, go, imagine I'm wearing some soft soled tassley loafers. Oh, just gosh. Just take it a bit gentle. I can get that bastard over 50. Yeah. Which you can really easily because it is. It's an economical car. But um, it's also, just, it's a very nice car to drive, isn't it? It in is. In its own sort of way. Well, I it's it's the handling is it's sort of deceptively good like it's it you can really point it through corners and it's like it's it feels like there's a I'm sure this is why the Type R is supposed to be really great but it feels like there's a much more sort of sporty dynamic car hiding in there somewhere we well, know but what it is it's, it doesn't overwhelm you it's exactly what you just said before it's like um it's 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 a good it's a good Civic but it's almost going to it's almost so well accomplished in lots of things but we'll never shout about it that most of the people that mm. will buy it will not realize how good it is compared to a lot of its peers so it's one of those hondas where everybody in the team has just done the best they can do with the, with the time and resources they've got and gone yeah and when when it was signed off everyone's like do you know what that's one of the good ones i'm i'm cool with that i i think it's i think it was it's a splendid car because it feels quite Feels quite premium, I think. I think it's um, it's a high end. The interior quality yeah, is terrific. Yeah, it yeah. is. It feels like more high end than you'd expect if you said, oh, "I've just bought a new Civic." In your head, you go, "Yeah, it's not luxurious, though, is it?" But actually, in a world, but it's now, very Honda. It's very Honda. Because I was, I was thinking about this. And I was thinking that and I know that Honda went through a period when I think they were sort of decontenting and trying to save money, and everything became a bit tinny. But I always associate Hondas with being sturdier feeling than, say, Toyotas. They have that sort of sense of precision and not too much more than you need in terms of sort of thickness of things. And But everything is just assembled incredibly precisely, which Toyotas at their best also have. But Hondas just have a bit more weight to them somehow. I think... And that's, this feels like that. It's got, a, it's got a sort of sturdiness to it. You go, I bet this will just keep working for ages, which is nice. I get off on that. The older I, I get, the more I just go... Yeah, mm, it's the longevity. Do you know what? Maybe to bring it back maybe it it's deserving of the sort of duble captain of the heart test where if you were to put that song on and sit in the car and go for a long drive <laughs> did it does it feel like everything's up together and it's got you it's got your back this car whereas if you were to play it in a competitor car it might not quite feel right the only thing that's odd about it is good did you notice it's got quite heavy steering yes i did and i liked it because i quite, like heavy steering yeah well, you get used to it, but it's just it's quite a surprise because steering in cars generally these days is really quite light. I mean, you know, even in the power assistance era, since things went electric at low speed, a lot of stuff, the steering is, you know, proper kind of one finger twirly. I it mean, is. You can palm all day. And this this is almost like a, this is a non-palming car. I'm not sure you can, it's, no, it's hard I, to palm. And particularly, I discovered, you put it in spolt mode and it gets even heavier. Yeah, I like it. But funny enough, the oh no, I don't. I mean, I do quite like it. it. Just takes a bit of getting used to. I'm quite surprised though for a sort of general market car that I think people are used to quite light steering now. And I think if you just did a test drive, you might go, "Ooh, ooh, the steering's heavier than my Golf." Ooh, not sure about that. You know, so it's, it's an interesting decision they've made. But then when you're storming along down a sort of back road, 
it all it's, just um, it all just weaves t- together. I, you can you can lean on it, but I've got a, I've got a Chinese uh, electric car on test, long term test. That might, might have said it got a uh, an aura funky cat. And, How is your funky cat? Uh, are, you, you know, are you enjoying the funky cat? Still? I'm enjoying a lot of things for it. It doesn't have heated seats, and I know that sounds like a oh. massive first world problem, but to me, in an electric car, it is in winter. It's a total deal breaker. Yeah, that's stupid. I'm really irritated by the fact it, they wouldn't. I think the launch edition doesn't have it, but further down the line, you can order it with it. So it's another reason to not order the first edition of any car. That's so weird. Which I maintain. Well, the first editions are always lame. The, all the VWID first editions are lame. All of them. But, but often with those first editions, they load them with kit, don't they, to make them because then they charge a load of money for them. But yeah, no, these just have like a chintzy plaque on them. One of the things I liked about the Chivic is that the, the heated seat button. First of all, it's a button; it's not on the touchscreen because I like that just being able to jab when your ass is cold first thing in the morning. Just yeah, bunk and it's on. <laughs> but also, the button quality is exquisite. I think it's about like think- half a mil of movement. It's a proper button, but it's just tiny movement. It's beautiful. I would recommend anyway. It's not the most exciting car in the world, but if you happen to be passing a Honda garage or you're at a car show or something, go and sit in a Civic and yeah. push a few of the buttons, and you won't be disappointed. It is button quality. No, is, it's good. Is super. It is good, and it's um, not a boring car. It, it's not like a wow car, but it's just an up together, no. getting it right. Kind no, of, I think you'd enjoy thing. owning it just because it does everything that you need of yeah. it. But it's sort of the, the, actually the biggest disappointment for me was that I discovered that suddenly went, oh bloody hell, this thing is it's actually handles really nicely. But the, I went, oh, there's paddles behind the wheel as well. So put it in spokes, spokes. and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the gearbox manually because I was it's a CVT, but I thought like maybe they must have they put like fake steps into it like Rover did with the MGF. Yeah. Well, they haven't. The, the paddles just do the regen oh. like an electric car. I've and I, even in sport, they still just do the regen, which was I was really surprised and disappointed about. So it's it's this is what I mean. I feel like there's a sort of I wonder in some countries do they sell like a non hybrid manual version? Oh uh, yeah, because of course it, in in this country you can't buy a manual, can you? It's just it's just CVT hybrid yeah. two models and that's it. And um, but yeah, I was like I feel like there's a really lively car. Waiting to get, and I'm sure the Type R sounds tremendous because obviously that is manual, but it's also fifty grand, um, and it's a bit full on, and it looks a bit, you know. Keeping it car themed, which is something that we we strive to achieve on on on, on, <laughs> on Smith and Smith. Strive, strive, and fail. I uh, I was I had to work late last night on the laptop, and I thought I'll just put a bit of like bit of television on in the background that's. Um, music from the movies with performances from the bands you know it was like a compilation type show and forgive me if you already know this everybody listening but that a berlin came on performing um take my breath away off of top gun and all that <laughs> and uh, and and i thought tune great tune not heard it in a while uh-huh, uh-huh. now what i yeah, didn't really craving for a peugeot 405 well quite quite but Another car-based fact around that song, which I, I bet you know, Richard, but I didn't know this, didn't realise that Giorgio Moroder was involved in that song, um, mm. but also didn't know that it, the lyrics were written by the guy that repaired the faulty brakes on Giorgio Moroder's Ferrari. Did you know about this? Is this... It's a really uh, odd situation. Go on. So George, so the, the the lead singer off of uh, off of Berlin and all that, Terry Nunn, uh, who just sounds like a guy down the pub who yeah. nicks like, <laughs> Terry. Oh, tell he does a little bit of lightweight thieving. He um yeah. he's 
go go speak to Terry Nunn. He'll sort you out a graphic equaliser. All right, don't tell no one. All right. Uh, you know, he's the one over there in the Lacoste shirt. Circle he, trust. Yeah. Buy him a pint of London Pride. He does smell. Just get it done. Get out of the pub. Um, so she she ended up liaising with Giorgio Moroder. She was trying to get him to produce a song with Berlin, but it, I don't think it happened or something. But anyway... She did that. She she decided to to sing um, a song with him, and then mm. he said, "Oh, I've been I've been asked by Jerry Bruckheimer or someone to do a to do a, a score for um, Top Gun." He'd already done Highway to the Danger Zone, I think, with um, what's that guy's name? Kenny Log Kenny Dog Kenny Loggins. Kenny Doggend <laughs> Kenny Login Kenny Login details. Oh shit! I forgot my yeah. password again. <laughs> um, so Kenny Doghead, she'd done that. But anyway, so um, Giorgio Moroder was living in LA. Mm. Harold Faltermeyer was doing the music for Top Gun. Jerry Bruckheimer said, "Oh yeah, why don't, Giorgio, why don't you do like a song?" He did Danger Zone, and they really liked it. And then Jerry said, "I want something slow for the romantic scene with Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis." Mm. So he's, 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 he set up a slow tempo and tried to put together a demo, but couldn't work out. He said, he said, I was never very good at lyrics. Tried to put something together. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But he said... His Ferrari was parked behind the studio on the days he was working on it, and it kept having a, a brake trouble. I think the brakes kept binding. So mm. a guy, he called out the, the garage, and a guy... <laughs> take my brakes away. Take my, well, yeah, exactly. Take my brakes away. Take a, my brakes away. One, one day, a bloke called Tom Whitlock came by, and who was a mechanic um, who came to fix Giorgio Moroder's off a of Ferrari. And he said, oh, just gen- I'm reading this from the article. I found it in. Oh, by the way, I'm also a lyricist. If you ever need some good words. What? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and he said, I mean, this must have been just cocaine-fueled 80s. But I was... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you really either of these things, or are you just insanely overconfident from taking so much nose cancer? That's, that's right. Don't worry. I've had a load of You're Miami chalk. I reckon I could work the brakes on that. I've just done a Mercury <laughs> Marauder around the corner. I'll be the I'm same. an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, I can fly. I can fly. <laughs> plane, yeah. I can, did you say I can fly as well? <laughs> yeah, well? A plane. I mean, yeah, maybe I can fly just generally. I can fly unaided. <laughs> I can like just a kestrel. Fly. Anyway, so yeah, he said, I'm a lyricist. If you ever need any words, 
Um, so, 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 <laughs> yes, mate. If I ever need any lyrics, I'll definitely phone the man who mended the brakes on my yeah, car. Yeah, Tom, that's, I'll phone that's Tom. A good idea. But Giorgio yeah. gave him the demo tape that he was working on for the for for what yeah. became "Take My Breath Away." Take it away if you're from Yorkshire. Take it. Take it. Yeah. And um, you'd done that distinctive bass sound on the synth with some vibrato, um, mm. and yeah. It, he 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 wrote those lyrics and gave them to Giorgio, who immediately said to the lead singer off of Berlin, "Can you sing these and just see what it's like?" Tell, tell, yeah. tell me none. And then, and that is how it came together. So basically, brake wow. brake failure on a Ferrari kindled the most recognisable Top Gun anthem there is. And I wow. and I didn't and I know that the Giorgio Moroder has his own car backstory that we we know of, and I know. That yeah. um, the Peugeot four hundred five TV advert used the song. Yeah. So there's there's just so much car trivia. I didn't realise drenched how in car, car trivia. Plane based that song is. I thought you were going to say that the this involved um, uh, it was Claudio Zamboli, who was the guy who did the Cesetta V sixteen T with Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, because I think he was a mechanic originally. Was- like he ran a he ran an Italian supercar repair shop um, in LA. And that, I think, is how he met Giorgio Moroder. Oh, sugar, right, OK. It's, he also... Giorgio just basically has really badly maintained sports cars in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and was constantly... There's this, there's this quote from the, from the lead singer from Berlin saying, we went into Giorgio's vast studio complex in North Hollywood. He was doing three, maybe four projects simultaneously with an assistant producer in every room. He would blow in and say, I don't like those horns. Take them out. Let's do more later. OK, bye. Shut the door. Run out. Go into the next, go into the next room. <laughs> and then and then and then do the same. Okay, this one sounds like it needs more harmony. Try that. I'll be back in a minute. Then, <laughs> Not even listening, just poking his head. Double track it. Boom, he's gone again. Yeah, he'd, he'd say he'd add horns and guitars, and then it would just suddenly all come alive and feel lush. Wow. Yeah. So he was making I don't know seventy two hit songs a day whilst Tasmanian deviling around this this yeah. studio and then pop out for lunch have massive brake failure in a supercar come yeah. back in drenched in sweat <laughs> with his triple pleated <laughs> billowing trousers are we sure that given his punishing self imposed schedule he didn't just have the brakes removed from his Ferrari to save time I haven't got time to stop got to keep going I don't care red light um, fuck off got to keep going maybe it keeps him on he the doesn't it, talk it like gives that. him that edge. It gives them the edge, doesn't yeah. it? Like people at base jump, it's the what if. You know, you've got to get yeah. it right. Failure's not an option. Yeah. So there we go. Take my breath away. Oh, great. That's, take, a, take that's it a away. fabulous story. What are the lyrics? Watching in slow motion. As you as, turn around as and you turn say, around and say, take the my, brakes have failed. Yeah, let's go. My, <laughs> well, as Tom Whitlock. Assume the brace position, it was originally called, and then um, <laughs> they decided. That or as Tiff Nadell would say, we're going to roll. <laughs> We're going to roll. <laughs> do I had a phone call we from are Tiff? We're going to roll. Do, do, I, do, do, I, it was really lovely. I had a phone call from Tiff a few days ago, and he yeah, just a, a quick catch up because he was he he needed to go and burn some stuff in the garden. But he, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did. Um, what was lovely is he cut straight to the chase and pretty much said, um, "This Allegro of yours, um, what." What are, you, what are you aiming to achieve with the suspension setup that you're going for? And I went, well, I'm, I'm trying to sort of make it a, a kind of hot hatch feeling car, really. And he went, 
tell me about tell me about the power of the engine he said and he, he sort of started giggling and stuff and then he said can i drive it when you finished it i want to try it so i think is he offering to do setup i think you? i'm going to get tiff nadell to do the setup on my allegro um civic type r a leg, a leg, type Allegra. Ah, are you? But you're sort of. Are you? You're heading towards. You want like a sort of fast road setup rather than a track day setup. I want a far, an accomplished fast road that's not not like too stiff that it's uncomfortable, but it can mm. hold its own on a track, but it won't be Furbergring destroyer yeah. as it were. But yeah, but it, yeah. obviously it'll be entertaining because it will be a three hundred and ninety horsepower whatever. Um, Civic Type R Turbo Allegro. So, I mean, find another. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait. Yeah. Just or if Sir Jim Radcliffe will go, I don't need to find another. I've just commissioned seven of them. So, just, yeah. But yeah. I'm not making any um, of them in Britain. The lovely people at Lotus, who we must thank again for hosting our live recordings the other week, they did say, and have said subsequently, so they weren't just being polite, um, I hope you can come back sometime. But maybe if we do go back to Hethel at some point to do another live show, you will have the Allegro ready and you could maybe just, you know, just casually go, oh, uh, Gavin Kershaw, could you, uh, do you want to just have a little go in it? And, you know, he could go out and, and give you some feedback on it as well. Do you know, that's a great idea. Know, talk about fast road setup. There's a man and a team that know a bit about that. So suspension by Lotus. Yeah, exactly. Then you, then you could get some handling by Lotus badges oh, off a nice Suzu Piazza. Can I do that? I'd love a couple of little bubble stickers on the front wings which say handling by yeah. Lotus. That'd be great. <laughs> Probably, probably a few hurdles there, but let's you know, let's aim for that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a, Don't worry, Lotus. This is not a legal binding then, contract. Yeah, <laughs> handling by Lotus. Final sign off by Chief <laughs> Test Driver Tiffany Dell, <laughs> and uh, and you could have a you could have a, a Tiff, you know, signed off by Tiff with Tiff's signature. But if you look closely, the badge is printed on very very thin leather. Oh, I'd love that. Imagine if it on was the dash, with a, maybe handling by Tiff. Handling by Nadell. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. That sounds like a, a logistics company, a hectic logistics company, with that handling by <laughs> Nadell. Yes, ah! constant, constantly ringing you with more questions about He's it. He's got, oh, hang on, why, why are you doing this? Where's this guy? What do you do? What's it? He's got an um, Iveco I van have... on Michelin Cup Sport 4s, yes. 14-inch wheels. <laughs> He's constantly pulling the wheels off the 10J. Hubs. Too much grip. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with it. Um, now, speaking of the Lotus live shows, when we were there, we were talking at some point about putting cruise control on in reverse. Oh, yeah. And we weren't and we sure jokingly if it was possible. We, yeah. Now, we also always say that our listeners are the best people in the world and they know everything. Because they do. But I think one of our listeners has gone above and beyond because they didn't know whether cruise control would work in reverse. So they went out and tried it. No. This is Damien Fury. Damien, I'm sorry, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Damien's in South Africa. He says, hi, guys. Luckily in South Africa, we have the ability to go full dumbass on things. And in the interest of science, I've attached photos of the test strip. Now, it's a sort of unmade, straight, quite wide road out in the middle of nowhere. Beautiful blue sky. Looks lovely. Oh, gosh. What um, could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> his email is entitled reverse cruise control test one. Oh gosh okay damien says no one was harmed except the cvt gearbox of my mitsubishi outlander but we did make it 80 kilometers an hour before the gearbox shat itself and went into limp mode. no he actually destroyed his gearbox trying out this well 
We'll come to that in a minute because I asked him. He didn't confirm. He did say, sadly, cruise control doesn't work in reverse, no matter what the speed, or if it's in two-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, or 4 by 4 lock. What? He did 4 by 4 lock? Yeah, V-Max reverse seems... challenge. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. I mean, but you can't fault his thoroughness. I mean, the man's a scientist here. Look, he's, he's gone through all the options. Um, he goes on to say, I'm borrowing a Toyota Hilux Legend 45 Auto to test the theory again for you next week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, the, the word borrowing immediately intrigued me there. He said, I was going to say, please keep me anonymous, but that would go tits up anyway. Glenn Packer, that's why I asked to borrow your car next week. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, I, if I have someone brave enough to video the test, it will be included. Yours faithfully... Damien. Now, he says in his email also signature that he's an analyst, so I think he has genuinely brought some kind of analytical rigour to this. I did write back to Damien. I said, look, you know, are you sure, A, that you want us to say your name? Because if you don't, that's fine. And um, Is this you know, because Mitsubishi's don't... warranty claims department is listening to Smith & Smith? Yes. Well, also, I wanted to know how frigged his gearbox was. So I wrote back and I said, did you honestly do this? And he went, of course I tried it. In the interests of science, my last Mitsubishi rodeo just got back on the road after three years managed half a lap of a dirt bike track before getting flat flat bedded home. What? (laughs) Damien's just constantly um, breaking Mitsubishi's, really. Off the road for um, three years, and it was on road for half a lap of a track. Half a lap, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The the tabletop and full throttle got it, apparently. (laughs) Um, He said the Outlander, it, it did need an OBD reset yesterday, and today the CVT was a bit iffy with revs all over the place. So I just drove in Tiptronic. OBD. The fuel consumption is stuffed, but I'll keep you posted. OBD with the what? That sounds like a sort of MC DJ combo. Is that OBD reflash <laughs> with, with who? Yes. The CVT. OBD Kenobi from Star Wars. Yeah, he just... He oh, he's constantly just walking in. around, just plugging it in and reflashing it, going, yeah, that'll be all right. Yeah, he, just, he just puts his fingers into a hidden port down in the... <laughs> um, in the cantina, uh, in a dark uh, corner. Unfortunately... Uh, bad news on the Hilux test, though. Uh, Damien says uh, the Hilux test was cancelled due to it not having cruise control. Oh, well, that's it's a deal breaker. But another mate has just got a new BMW X5 in that shitty gold metallic. So I'll be doing her a favour. As <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's written off in reverse. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's he's he on a path says, of destruction. I feel... I know. I also feel like we we should be wary in uh, how much we encourage Damien in his endeavours because he says, P.S., anything else you would like tested, I am always game and have plenty of safe places to try them, brackets, sort of. Oh, God. So, um, well, I don't know. I don't, I, for, I too for legal reasons, I, I'm going to abort the proposed feature challenge Damien. Yes. In which listeners send in things they would like him to do. But, Damien, thank you for your devotion to this uh, this, this flippant question. So we, we can say with confidence the Mitsubishi Outlander cruise control does not work in reverse, but eventually the CVT gearbox will shit itself. So oh. there we go. That's the kind of consumer journalism that we pride ourselves on. Okay. Smith & Snow. Well, look, um, here's the situation, guys. Um, two things. First thing. It's my birthday today. I'm recording this on oh, my shit, birthday. Oh, shit, yes. Sorry. Happy birthday. It's okay. I love you. Secondly... We're recording this on Friday, by the way. So if you're listening on Monday, Johnny's birthday yeah. is last Friday. It is a shame that my birthday is now shared with when Russia decided to invade the Ukraine. But anyway... Oh, yeah. yeah it's, 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 that was inconvenient. But anyway... Um, so I thought... 
do you know something really weird? Sorry to interrupt, what, but the, I just realised... Vladimir Putin's a fuckwit? <laughs> Is that something that's... Yeah, no, he's a big fan of this podcast, oh, apparently. OK. It's a bit annoying. Um, no, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that we have in common. We're, and and we're, like, we're both left-handed and we both do this podcast. But also, I just realised we're both born on the 24th. Oh, OK. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of weird. The plot just keeps thickening. Are you wearing triple-pleated, fairly pillowy trousers today? Of course I am. Okay, so am I. I've um, got them off Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> are you going to watch Gold Night at lunchtime? Because <laughs> well, he used to live not far from me. When I lived in Highgate in North London, he used to live in Highgate as well. And uh, so I imagine if you went to local charity shops and timed it right, maybe he'd just been by with a massive box of incredibly billowy oh, That's a great idea. He'd just finish The World Is up. Not Enough and he'd get rid of a load of chinos. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Or, or he d- he liked quite an openy shirt from memory, sort of a holiday shirt. I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean heavily patterned. You know what I mean? The, the, the kind of very thin hot yeah. country shirt, casual, loose. Yeah, hot, a hot country holiday hot shirt, hot climate, yeah. suave gent shirt. Uh, cool. Yeah. Sorry, look. Like if you can hear clacking the tortoises, there's a big loss of traction That's from the, from one of the That's tortoises. Dirty wow. little bastard. Uh, sorry. Anyway, yes, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm I'm getting old. Uh, the so I thought I'd let, should we do some fantasy car shopping uh, on my birthday by sweeping seamlessly onto the Car and Classic website. I think we should. Ooh. Shall we? Oh, it's a smooth link. It's so smooth. After all, it's lovely. Who could resist yes. the allure of CarandClassic.com? Well, particularly, nothing says happy birthday like a contractually obliged chat about something that Car and Classic have coming up in one of their online auctions. Totally. What are you thinking, my great mate? Because I, I, uh, funny enough, I was looking last night and I found I stopped doing that. Um, <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> it's, I found some brilliant. I found some brilliant stuff, and I there's there's something which I thought if I was um, rolling in Jim Ratcliffe's cash that I would buy you for your birthday. Uh, put in a high bid on the auction. It's a 1973 Dodge Dart <gasps> Swinger Special. Oh, Swinger. Okay. From when Swinger wasn't mucky. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Swinger meant sort of a person about town rather than a, a, a yeah. slightly sort of sexually... Uh, As in the swinging 60s. Swinging 60s. So the Dart, Dodge Darts, I'm going to have a look at this. So it's a seven... It's amazing. It's It's... A brilliant sort of period 73, green. yeah, that green is great. Very Bench similar. front seat with some lovely stripy upholstery panels, but then also this has got, this has got swinger floor mats. <laughs> is it? Has it really the got? The description says they're genuine Mopar swinger floor mats, and they've got swinger embroidered into them in a very, very curly typeface. Oh, I know that font, um, that Dodge-era font. I think the eye mm. for swinger is like a starburst. Uh, you know, like... you oh, know, we're like, you do, I think you're right. Because that era of... All, if you ever get the chance to look at any advertising material off of Mopar, Dodge, you know, Plymouth, it's all so good. It's all the thing mm. about the, 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 the Dodge Dart was it was a, quite a compact car for its compared to its peers. You're, it by the sp- way, you're right. I've just found a close up of the floor mats and it is a Starburst. I told good you, knowledge. isn't it? It's a bit like um, if you remember the very cool uh, TV show Bewitched. Yes. With. Uh, where that lady who just kept itching her nose or something, and then she disappears, yeah. or I don't know, turns her husband uh, into and a it had, bat. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, it had J.R. Ewing in it, didn't it? Yes. And I, but he wasn't called that. I used to watch it as a kid 
because it was just quite cool. I remember the the, the Hanna Barbera style graphic um, intro, and and I remember her being just really sexy, frankly. Mm. Uh, maybe one of my early crushes. But anyway, we're talking about Dodge Dart Swingers. Yeah, the Swingers, the Swinger is cool. Very uh, front end shared, very similar to a Chevy Nova, I think. And um, yeah, no, this is, I guess, by the standards of the time, is a uh, as a sort of compact car, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, or, or small car, certainly. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm very sort of full or even a midsize, but yeah. as a consequence, there's something sort of appealingly chunky and this and squat about it. There is, and a lot of them. It's work. not a full muscle car because it's um. Is it a, a 3.7 litre slant six in this with a three-speed column change auto? Oh, is it? Okay, right. Okay, so it's, yeah, bench seat car with some amazing-looking mm. sort of deck chair kind of fabric on the seats. The good mm. thing, the thing about the um, the thing about this, the Dodge Dart was they, they're, 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 they're really popular as race cars, as drag race cars, mm. because you can put the big block, you know, 440, you can put Hemis mm. in them. And they're a lot smaller and lighter, really, than a the full size motor. So I've got a lot of time. In fact, a friend of mine had a a, a Dodge Dart for a long time, uh, a race car. It used to rear up so viciously off the start line at the drag strip. It was always one of those cars which it looked like he was riding a stallion that wouldn't be tamed. There was something quite macho about the way it did that. I always remember going, "Yeah, that looks shit art. I like that." So that's a cool car. I'm down with that. It's that is a really cool. I was just I saw it and I went. I think that would be right up your street. I feel like it's, it's somehow it's quite up my street. I don't know yeah. why. Because normally I'd go. Oh, for God's sake, America! You want a big lumpy V8? But I like the. It's got a handmade exhaust system on it, which apparently, according to the blurb, has sounds has a rasp to it. So well, yeah, a lot. And that three spoke thin three spoke wheel so so nice with the column that'll have it'll have power steering won't it yeah well surely oh you'll be able to drive that with your pinky yeah be so over assisted that's what i'm thinking see a lot of people a lot of people would would immediately want to junk the the straight six but i think as a cruiser if you just want the look and not the muscle Mm. behavior these sorts of cars are perfect and and because it's not a full size it actually fits in on european roads and in european garages so it's kind of yeah. a sort of a mustang size i'd say because a mustang is not a big car the original mustang um no it's true they're not are they? well relatively they're not no they're kind of i wonder what the, the original mustang is as big as a mondeo do you know what it's i bet i bet a mondeo is a bigger car but i bet the last of the mondeos is bigger than the first of the stangs but we need well, we, we need to can we have a look Quick, compare dimensions. Uh, Whilst I, which I quickly go on Vinted and look up Piers Brosnan trousers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the Dodge, the Dodge Dart the, Swinger is a proper sort of pampas grass car, but it's not outrageous American. It's actually kind of like street furniture in that era. If you drove that in the US, obviously you'd go to a Cars and Coffee at 4am, as they seem to do, and people would admire it greatly, <laughs> but, but it wouldn't be exceptional, I suppose. Um, but over Cars here, and Coffee, I love that. It's... The, because that's why they have to have coffee because it's too damn early. Well, yeah, no, I thought it was lovely. I, I can't find the dimensions. Oh, here we go. Okay, so, ooh, okay, so, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. so here's a song. Here's a song. Okay, so yes, the a, a an original Mustang compared to a the current outgoing generation Mondeo. Yeah, I want to know this. The Mondeo is ten inches longer. There we go. That's a lot. That's a and lot. About four inches wider. So, Again, that's uh, a lot. 
Yeah, you see what I mean? It, because it's all about with American cars of that era, the proportions. Like my Dodge has the proportions of a massive car. But then when you mm. park it next to something like a, a current day Mondeo normal family saloon or estate, it doesn't look very big all of a sudden. It's just that the way they proportion it gives it that aura, that presence. Mm. It's so good. I mean, car designers will, of course, know about all this stuff because it's what they live and breathe. But mm. and talking about presence, I, uh, because mm. it's my birthday and I'm fantasy car shopping, <laughs> The Citroen, I found this Citroen, and I know that you, you, you're you down with these. It's a Citroen DS, which is, of course, a cool car, but it's the Decapitable. Yes. Which is, again, a great name for a convertible car, right, surely, because decapitated uh, yeah. car. Yeah, I was going to say Decapitable sounds like you're talking about the French Revolution or something. It's <laughs> just, oh, dear. Really? Your royalty? Mm-mm. Decapitable for you, my friend. Oh, um, it, and these are... This is gorgeous. I was once in Saint-Tropez, I think, and I saw one of these just driving along. And it's just, they're just, particularly in the sort of sunshine of the south of France, they are absolutely mesmerisingly beautiful uh, cars. They're, they are. They're fab. For people who haven't seen them, they are superb. Um, we'll put the link uh, but, on for this one on, on uh, for Patreons, but I have to say, there is no car that could out glamour and outclass this in a sort of south france french riviera environment you just imagine that it doesn't matter how much money you've got how many veyrons you got parked outside your yacht or whatever this can just this could just waft in and it would waft i know people say waft a lot with cars but this is a true wafter right don't you think it's a proper air, <laughs> proper, so, so, proper air. Else. It's a proper air biscuit of a car. It just. Um, but I love it. What a gorgeous they thing! They are now. This this is it's, it's been restored. It sounds you know they've done some proper work on it, including um, they've done some like the seals on the hood and things like that. But these go for big money now. They do. That's a six-figure car, easy, isn't it? That's got to. Be. I think it's well. I've seen them quarter of a million quid. I think. Um, yeah, I might be I wrong. Feel but like I, they're definitely six figures. i for one that's minty. Yeah, I sat in one at the end yeah. of last year. I've never driven one ever, and I've never been a passenger one. But I sat in a parked one that was part of that um, crazy car collection of the bloke who made his money from delicatessen tickets um, oh. down near London in Potter's Bar. Who You know the guy that has the world's hmm. biggest collection of Aston Martin Lagondas? Yeah. Roger Dudding. That's right, Roger Dudding. I forgot his name. Well, he's got one of these and he had it rebuilt and it was sat there in, hmm. the, in its sort of heated um, uh, garage next to a load of other hmm. cars. And I said, could I just sit in it? And I sat in it and it, the, it, it was as close to a a landlocked boat as you could possibly get <laughs> it just felt like a beautiful landlocked boat mm. oh do you know a ds is a car that I, I think i've got to own before i pass away me too yeah it's predictable and do you know but- why as well there's have i told you this before uh there's there's something which when i discovered it, it just cemented this strange feeling of kinship i have with the ds is that the DS ended production on the exact day that I was born. Seriously? Mm. You've well, that it's meant to, you've got to get a last year of production DS, Richard. I know. That would be so nice. I, I was looking at them again the other day. What a great and, um, 
bit of trivia. I almost, I came, I mean, almost, I very seriously thought about it. When they were more affordable than they are now, and there was a really, really tidy one for sale for, I think, about eight grand. And I thought, I could, I think I could, I could do that. I could do that. But at the time, I lived in London and I parked on quite a narrow street. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't, I couldn't leave it on this street. I'd have to put it somewhere. I was like, where am I going to put it? And then it all just became aggro and I decided not to. But oh. one day, that is one of those cars that I just, I feel like I have to. Well, should we do? Because should, I have this Should we do that? Kinship. When Smith and Sniff hits the big time, should we just wheel out, yeah. should we, we'll wheel out the triple pleated trousers and the big wallet. <laughs> And we'll and we'll go. I tell you what we're going to do today, Richard. We're going to go to France and we're going to buy a pair of Citroen DSs. And you're going to buy one that's the last year of production because yeah. it resonates. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to buy the best yeah. condition car for the money that I've got, and it won't be a new Capitale. <laughs> well, then, but then you're going to end up with a nicer one than yeah, me. Yeah, but maybe. I'll, but I'll be hamstrung just... by my foolish insistence. It has to be a '75 car. So. Yeah, but I, I think mm. people listening can resonate with that because I've done that before, where you've gone, yeah, that that date is, that means something. Because if I think about like my birthday, yeah. 24th of Feb, '79, I always go, well, what car was like brand new or significant? In 79, and we've talked about it before, you go, oh, yeah, you know, a, well, a, um, Mercedes S-Class, right? The- yeah, I was going to say, as we were talking about the S-Class, the, the W126 is your birthday yeah. car, isn't it? So and I, and I- that's probably quite good. If, if, if people have uh, cars that they're particularly bonded to because they're, they're birth year cars or because they discovered something that relates to them personally about the car like it was started or ended production on your birthday, then um, do write to us, hello at smithandsniff. We want to know, mate. Com. We want to know. We do. We want to know. Also, um, we we'd had some uh, for some reason suddenly we've had a, a few uh, reviews that I just noticed uh, this morning had come in, and there was one uh, that really made me laugh because uh, it's it says I'm a professional truck driver. Okay. While descending a nine percent grade on compact snow this winter at about a hundred thousand pounds GVW. I was nearly blinded by tears of laughter as I listened to Johnny Smith regale Richard with a listener letter about an irate clown in full regalia rolling his bedford <laughs> The sheer absurdity of the word painting actually relaying a true event combined with Richard's hysterical reactions nearly had me <laughs> off the road. Please beware of listening to this podcast while driving or operating heavy machinery. So um, that's... Uh, that is lovely. Say who, oh, Brock. Uh, so thank you. It's been Canada. Thank you for oh, that. Brock, but, uh, thank this you. reminded me to say, uh, if you enjoy Smith & Sniff and you fancy leaving us a review, that would be lovely. It's the full like and subscribe shout-out I'm doing because uh, we, we don't often do it. Should but, we do a... Yeah, we if you enjoy could, Smith & Sniff... Could we do a Stellantis mix of like and subscribe? Could we record one in our spare time and then we could feed that in seamlessly at this point? Well, I think we'd be going some to be Adam Buxton's brilliant like and subscribe tune, but we could always give it a shot. I think um, if we do a Stellantis high-energy Euro <laughs> mix... <laughs> Yeah, okay. shall we? Leave it with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So please do if you fancy if you like Smith and Sniff, uh, please do leave us a review. If you don't like Smith and Sniff, keep it to yourself. You shit. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if you don't like Smith and Sniff, the biggest insult you could possibly give me is to go and buy me a it's Citroen a DS Decapitable, <laughs> all right, and post it through the fucking door with a hacking yes, key. We Smiths are a proud people, and we will not accept free cabriolet Citroens from the sixties. <laughs> I will not. It's a gross insult, but try it anyway. 
if you don't like our podcast. Um, all right, well, look, um, I, well, I'll put links up to uh, both that gorgeous DS and the um, the Dodge Dart Swinger on the socials and everything like that, but they're both delightful. Uh, and that's probably is where we should start to I've got so much more to talk over. about today, which is unusual for me, but what I'll do is, and, and here's the amazing thing, I'll just save them until next time. How about that? See, that just your pro. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then let's uh, let's pull off at the next junction. Before we do, though, uh, I have three things to tell you. They are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called the Excoriate Snakes Show, in which Johnny tracks down legless reptiles and mercilessly calls them out for their various failings. Oh. Uh, this week, he's tearing a strip off some vipers for being too poisonous. Um, <laughs> if that's not to your taste, then there's always the Late Break Show. Lots of excellent videos on there. Barn find month oh. is going great guns, isn't it? I was watching your Granada rescue. Oh, the barn find Feb. Yeah. That's really interesting. They didn't black was a special order colour. Oh, this is the Cortina Mark III. Oh, sorry, Cortina. Yeah, what am I talking about? Yes, I was confused because it was there's the... Yeah. 2000 E and all that. Yeah. 2000 I just decided yes. to, to make a BFF, a barn find February month. And yeah, and what's mm. great is the more videos I put out, the more in- inquiries we get in going, oh, my... I mean, I've just had a guy saying, yeah, my, my father-in-law-to-be, he's had a Bristol in the garage since the late 70s. He's, he thinks he'll let you come and have a look. Would you be interested? I'm like, Ooh. what, a Bristol? A barn fine Bristol? Oh. Of bloody course I'm interested. So yeah. there's, there's, a lot more, there's a lot more to come, and it, they are my favourite thing to record. And I think at the time of this podcast yeah. going out, there is a, a one-owner Citroen 2CV, keeping it French, as we did with the Decapitable oh. chat. Um, so I would let I, I'd, I'd urge you to watch that, please. Thank you, please, my friends. Two CV. There's another car I feel like I have to own. Yeah, so, I'm being first car I ever wanted. When I was a teenager, I had a two CV fund, a little jar that I used to put money in. Really? But yet you've never owned one. Well, no, because I don't think I blew the money on a mountain bike. So. Oh, <laughs> it's funny you should say that because the barn find that um, won't have gone out yet that. I, I went down to fucking Essex to to film last week. It was so full of mm. junk you couldn't see the car when you first opened the garage door. Well, the reason why I'm telling you this because it was covered in in late eighties, early nineties mountain bike frames. Um, oh, yeah, wow. I can't remember the last time I saw so many muddy foxes. Loads. I was going to say with a muddy, I presume there'd be, if it was that era, there'd be a lot of muddy foxes. Loads of paint splatter um, finish frame muddy foxes. You know the yeah. ones I mean, crackle finish and paint splatter. Yes, yeah, of yeah. its time. I used to love all that stuff. Although actually, I blew my two CV fund on a Saracen. Did you? I think they've gone out of business. No, now. they haven't. No, Saracens still exist. Have they not? No, Saracens still Have exist. They not? Gosh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought they'd gone. No, they're back. Mm. And if they're listening Ooh. to this, they're going to go right, Richard. I think you need to road test the new Saracen. I don't know what it'd be called. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they haven't still got mine. I had a U-brake at the base of the seat post, you know, instead of up in the wrong place. I don't know why oh, yeah. I claimed it was more efficient, but it just got covered in crud. Anyway, we can <laughs> chat about old mountain bikes all day. But uh, the second thing I've got to tell you is not about old mountain bikes. It's uh, that I have various books out. Uh, one of them is called Boring Car Trivia 3. It is, as the name suggests, the third in the Boring Car Trivia trilogy. And it's just full of arcane facts about cars available from Amazon as an ebook or a paperback. It's a good book. And the third thing I've got to tell you is uh, that Napoleon wasn't short. Oh. Well, I mean, he was by modern standards, but, you know, it's popularly perceived that he was a little man even in his day, but he wasn't. They reckon he was about five foot seven 
which at the time was taller than average in France. Oh gosh, okay. See, so short, not short wheelbase, short leg no. base. Anyway. There you go. What, right, what did well, he drive? Um, that's that for this. What, what did he yeah. drive? I don't know. I mean, he probably love a Deus de Capitable because he could stand up in the back and bark at his truck. I was just going to say it'd be he? perfect. Went absolutely perfect. That's a good. That's a good Napoleonic car in a strange <laughs> sort of way. If only the history timelines aligned which they don't all right uh well that's uh that's all for now but thank you ever so much for listening happy birthday to johnny belated if you're listening to this now because that's it's lovely of you thank you ever so much i much appreciate it and we will do this all again next week until then goodbye bye now deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.